May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord God, our rock and our redeemer. Well, as far as most commentators, ancient and modern, are concerned, what is important about today's Old Testament lesson, what theosophist John Coates refers to as the incident at the tree, is to be found in the first choice made by our biblical ancestors. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. These actions have been the subject of interpretation, reinterpretation, and misinterpretation across the centuries. The events recorded here have given reference to, reference to ideas like the fall and original sin. They have resulted in countless discussions of gender roles and relationships and have generally portrayed the seductive serpent as Satan and rendered Adam and Eve as hapless victims or flagrant failures. And yet, as Old Testament scholar Carol Myers points out, the story of what happened in Eden is not a particularly important theme in the rest of the Hebrew Bible. So I would propose that we suspend our traditional tendency to focus on who to blame and who sinned first or who sinned at all, and instead, to quote John Coates again, Look at this passage less as admonishment about right and wrong, good and bad, and more as a vast reflective surface in which we see our own lives. And in that effort, let's turn our attention to the last two verses of the passage. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sounds of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves among the trees of the garden. Their eyes are open, but all they see is their nakedness. They recognize their vulnerability, and all they feel is guilt. They hear the Lord coming, and they run away and hide. It may perhaps be true, as ethicist Leon Cass suggests, that the turn toward the divine is founded on our discovery of our own lack of divinity, our own ugliness. But for Adam and Eve, that discovery didn't turn out that way. And it is in what they do when they recognize their lack of divinity that things go really wrong. It is in the moment when they hide that a mistake, an ill-advised choice, a broken promise, a failure to keep a commitment becomes something more, something that remains too much a part of the human response to God even today. Adam and Eve hide because they fear the consequences of their actions, but the all-too-human desire to avoid what God has in store for us can also be found in countless other biblical narratives with perhaps different motives. We see it played out in practically every prophetic call narrative. Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
Jonah all try to avoid taking their part in God's plan. And if we're honest with ourselves, how many times are we tempted to duck for cover and try to make ourselves completely invisible when we hear God's call or sense God's presence? Facing up to what God has in store for us is rarely easy and almost never comfortable. And yet, how often do we also hear God tell us in the words of the prophets and the teachings of Jesus that while the divine hope is for divine and perfect obedience and faithfulness, the divine expectation is not that we will not fail. The divine hope is that when we do fall short, we will confess our fears our wrong choices, our broken promises, and turn to God, not away. The divine plan is that when we accept the challenge to be God's people and to do God's will, we will not be doing it alone. Even Adam and Eve discover that God's grace and protection are always available, deserved or not. There is no reason to hide. And in fact, we live in a time when we cannot afford to hide. As faithful Christians, each and every one of us is called to tend to the needs of God's people in God's creation. And whatever our political persuasion or theological tradition, by whatever means or method we think that call is best accomplished, We must leave the shade of the trees of the garden and face the Lord God and take up our role in bringing God's kingdom into being. As we come to this table, as we share this loaf and this cup, the very liturgical words of the service incorporate all that is necessary to prepare us to do this. Acknowledgement of our sin acceptance of God's mercy, and a commitment to go back into the world with the confidence that we go accompanied by a God from whom we never need to hide. Amen.